All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Bruce Boudreaux, and you're watching Nasty Knuckles. Listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your hosts, Derek Nasty Sutemeyer and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. All right, welcome back. What's happening, Nasty? What's up, Regarelia, with your long beard that I'm going to shave right off? Think so? Yes, I am. I'm going to get it. Come, come get it. Uh, not right now. <laughs> not right now. I'm going to sneak up you. on it. It's going to be a sneak attack. Okay. It's going to be a sneak right. attack. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Did you eat some turk? No Turk, no. Oh, of course yeah, not. Why would you have some laddie? Some lettuce? <laughs> Heavy on the veg. Heavy on the veggies? <laughs> Heavy on the root vegetables, to say the least. You probably took some, you probably had some gravy and some mashed no, potatoes. Oh, some, yeah, some mashed. Did you have some mash? I had some mash. I had some root veg, I said. Ca- cauliflower mash? <laughs> no, no, I actually had potatoes. You actually did? Oh, yeah. Kidding me? You, Thanksgiving? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any dessert? Do you have a little pumpkin pie? Well, pumpkin pie, I did. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to see you ate. How are you? Like a man yeah. for once instead of nitpicking and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, the mangs, I figured you just took some mangs. You just ate a four-pound bag, <laughs> four bag of mango while we've been sitting here with, with our guest today. Well, it happens. Hey, four pounds? Well. You should get a sponsorship ex- from that. I know. We got to uh, find a dried mango sponsor. Yeah, right. Now, yeah, mine was very... Uh, 
Mine was very quiet. Yeah. I didn't uh, really do anything, so, but it was fine. I had a day turkey? off. Uh, I did have a little bit of turkey, though. Gravy? Yeah. No gravesy. No? No gravesy. Sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> I didn't have any gravesy. I would have liked it, but when you're doing it on your own, it's pretty tough. Oh, yeah. You're doing it on your own. I should have. You, you know, I screwed up sure. with my HelloFresh order when I when I placed it. I didn't get any turkey, oh. so I screwed up. But, um, no, it was good. It was nice to have a day off. Watched a little football. Yeah. Not too much. Did some work around here. You know what I mean? I hear you. are just fixing the website, doing all. Yeah, I'm so good at that <laughs> stuff, eh, baller? Yeah, Me and Debo were just fucking Jackie killing Moon it. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doing it all. I was doing it all. Yeah. Um, so last we were together, uh, Flyers were on a bit of a heater, five in a row. People talk about them. We talk about them. What happens? Go one and three in their last four. Um, scored only four goals in those games. Tough to win. Yeah. If you only score four goals in four games, obviously. Um, but the the games are close, but you got to score. You got to score. Goaltenders are doing their job. Obviously, uh, Hurts, he's still playing well, and even Sam. But uh, four goals in four games. And, yeah. I'm going to cut it. Yeah, definitely not going to cut it. And obviously, the power play is a huge part of the lack of scoring. Would you say seven for 71? Seven for 71, I believe, I saw yesterday. and That's uh, not overly high. <laughs> it's not overly high. <laughs> Even if you increase that percentage, you know, yeah. not even double, like you just yeah. just a quarter, you would be sneaking in an extra goal. Yeah, a, for sure. A game, so they got to figure that out. Got to gotta figure, figure that out. out. You got to be able to capitalize on the special teams, especially when you're not scoring a whole lot five on five. Well, so. when you were coaching, <clears throat> and I mean, I'm not. I know you weren't running the power play, but you still know how to run a power play. What do you start doing when it gets like this? Just fuck, throw pucks at the net, or are you still trying to? I mean, you know, the big joke in Phillies, they're always going, shoot. Well, you can't always shoot. If there's no right. lane, you can't just shoot it off guys' uh, shin guards, obviously, and you're going the other way if if you do. But, uh, man, it's like it's almost like try to just get pucks to the net and, and crash, right, just to get something going. I mean, that's easy to say, but... Well, that's that's what I would say, you know, and I mean, I'm a little bit old school, but yeah, I, I think from what I remember, you know, when, it, when it's not going well, yeah, you can say just shoot, but you can't just get at the top of the top of the umbrella and just shoot because it's going to get right. blocked. These guys right. are really good at getting in shot lane, so it's got to go around the horn and, and you got to load up at one time on either side and, and, and get that puck to the net. But, you know, I remember, you know, Gordo, uh, Scott Gordon would always say, like, shoot for spray. Like, you know what I mean? If yeah. you, 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 I know it's not that easy either. Right, but I mean, if you're going around the horn and you blast it, you better believe that if if at least it's on that, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna bounce off and be on you the back side of the net. You yeah. never know, you know. So I think you're more so thinking about shooting for secondary opportunities at at this stage of the game. I mean, you can't get any worse, right? Right. But, I mean, we're sitting here, and obviously they're 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 racking their head around this, yeah, watching video after yeah. video and clip after clip, and you know, um, it, it's 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 challenging when it goes like that um yeah. you know maybe carrying the puck a little bit you know what i mean i just think just some some quicker movement and and just getting pucks to, again just just shooting for secondary opportunities but um but they're saying the same thing I'm yeah sure. you yeah, know I'm it's sure. like they're not saying anything. Sure we're not they're saying frustrated here. yeah exactly yeah. no one <laughs> likes to be in a jam like that and especially when the team is actually playing legitimately well right you know and they got some energy and some spirit but um yeah yeah they'll have to figure that out again they're not going to be a 25 percent power play obviously but like if you can just crank those numbers up a little bit you know it's an extra goal a game yeah um it's the difference between some of these games oh, at all one, one one goal game yeah, so at least definitely. get into overtime and a shootout potentially so um but yeah that's uh 
I mean, everyone knows that it needs to be better. And yeah. What would you say? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a expert on it, but that I remember sometimes they're like, just let's try to get the puck to the net, get a greasy one, get rebounds, tips, whatever. Even like you said, goalie makes a save, goes off their defenseman and in. Like it's going to be greasy. You gotta, you gotta find those lanes though too. It's like you said, it's not that easy. So <clears throat> I'm sure they're all frustrated because it, it's not like they don't. I don't think. I think they're getting some chances. Yep. But you know, just the, you know, a little bit of puck luck and maybe just some. You know, like bounces, maybe get it going and you know catch fire. But they they get they definitely got to get better. Yeah. If, if you, like we said last week, you know, like it's going to be hard for them. They have to play a certain way every night for eighty two games, like to get these wins. And they're a tough team to play against. These wins, the losses haven't been easy for the the other teams. But they, they got to find a way to score more. Yeah. And they had been. Yeah. You know, exactly. when they went on the five game uh, run there, you know, they were scoring goals. So they just got to get back to scoring some goals. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when I was coaching, um, and this was kind of around the time where they brought in the, the, the data analytics guys, where so after the game, you get like a nine, 10 page document around the whole game. It's probably thicker now, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I was still doing goals for and against, the uh, scoring chances for and against. And then you're looking at all the 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 grade A opportunities, you know, five on five versus power play, and like the, you know, you'd essentially put a mark around the crease around the net where this opportunity had. I would like to see, you know, a, a graph or uh, yeah of what their power play looks like on the the initial shot, which probably generally those shots from the prim or the outside of the the uh, umbrella aren't grade A's, you know, but. The spray is a great A generally, yeah. and you see how many of those they're trying to generate or, or are, are generating. Would probably tell you a story of why they're not scoring. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like getting shots at the top of the flank is one thing. If you have you know an Ovechkin you know right side blasting it, yeah. you know it, that that makes a difference. But if you don't, you know like where are the, where are these shots are they getting blocked or are they actually hitting the goalie and then right. generating a secondary opportunity? That would be like something I, obviously like I'd like to see just to. To give you a better answer, but um, yeah, but you can't go wrong with shooting, you know. Right. To me, it's like if it's if it's not working, if you, again finding a way to get the puck through is a skill on its own. Yeah, because these guys are great shot blockers. Yeah, exactly. um, they get paid a lot of money to get in the in the lane. So, um, but. I don't know. I'm not sure we'll figure this out right now, Nast. We might not right now, but a little <laughs> bit later when we go over the video, hopefully we can. Maybe we'll break it down. We can break, break it down. <laughs> Debo is going to help us with that. He's more worried about tonight's game. We'll get into that later with uh, his boys. Oh, yeah. Vancouver. Um, nice. Uh, the last game against Carolina, they had a young man, um, Owen Machika. Um, nine years old, unfortunately suffering from, uh, I believe, brain cancer. And the Flyers did an unbelievable job. Yeah, they did. Oh, man. It's just so it's sad, but it's happy to see a kid when he's that happy. He got to read the lineup. Yeah. You know, he was, uh, he got to, he did the rookie lap uh, with Owen Tippett. Yeah, I know. It's uh, so cool. Which is so cool. And then you get to be on the bench, you know, the first period. And, you know, it looked like, and you hope that. For that, those few hours, the kid just forgets about everything he's dealing with, which kind of brings all of us back down there. Like, you think you're having a bad day. Yeah, I know. You get right? a nine-year-old going through, like you said, I think 26 surgeries or something like that. God bless him, man. Um, um, but it was nice to see, and it was nice to see how happy he was. So yeah. that, that was really cool. Yeah, they did a hell of a they, job. They did a great job with that. Yeah. It puts things in perspective, as you're mentioning there. You know, it's like you think we have – we all got our problems and issues, yeah. right? And it's just like it kind of just puts things in perspective of, 
you know how much adversity there is in life for some people and 26 surgeries i can't imagine the mindset of going to the hospital you know day in and day out and then, you know again you said like two or three hours of your life like you you kind of break free from the shackles of yeah. of that world and you're essentially living a dream i, mean, I can't imagine yeah. you know if i was nine years old in an environment like that i've been you know uh surreal so you know smile on his face different energy um did a hell of a job and uh you know i'd love to see you know the, the sports platform the brand itself provide opportunities like that for for kids because god i mean you know if you can just change one life and you know bring a smile to one kid i mean you're making a difference so um, yeah. unfortunately there's so many kids like him that are dealing yeah. with similar stuff that um, you like to see that happen a little more often. Unfortunately, it's probably not possible. But yeah. uh, anyways, they did a great, great job, and they did. Um, it's a you know a testament to the league and the and the and the Flyers brand itself. You know, and towards his comment after the game, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like it don't matter how shitty the game went. You know, yeah. we'll just throw this tape out, move on. But yeah. like you know, this 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 to us is a little more important. You know, being able to provide an opportunity like that. So yeah, love really that. Cool. That was yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. To a player that is hot, still hot, Sidney Crosby. This guy is like he gonna slow down? Probably not. I mean, he is—he's leading the league in points five on with five on five play. It, as of a couple of days ago, Baller was uh, saying earlier, but he does. I mean, we've talked about him a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but this guy's just not slowing down, man. Like, what a player, God Almighty! He yeah. was saying that since he came in the league. Yeah, but, I, I mean, know. you know, it, it's amazing, like. I mean, even Malkin's having a good year too, and he's getting up there. But uh, Sid's Sid's unreal. Yeah, I mean, we all know. I mean, he's an absolute pro. I mean, there's a yeah. reason why he's still up there as the best, one of the best in the league. Is not only is he naturally talented, but the way he carries himself and the the amount of effort he pours into it yep. on and off the ice. I, I would imagine he's still probably one of the first guys on the ice. And oh still yeah, doing all the stick handling stuff at the end. You know, he's he probably hasn't changed any bit of his work ethic. Right. In fact, he might be pouring it on even more because he knows that he's you know got to stay sharp as he ages. But I mean, I don't know him from a hole in the ground playing against them. You know, hear stories, but like what I observe is just like a guy that loves to play hockey. Yeah, clearly, um, is very good at it, and he's pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, and it doesn't settle for you know being average or right. you know i'm aging and i'm gonna you know you know reduce my production i think he's like gonna push himself till he physically can't go anymore you know right. he literally can't skate and play anymore so yeah you got to give these guys props man and for the young hockey players out there it's just like these are the guys you got to watch yeah, yeah he's yes he's naturally gifted but i think what's more uh impressive is is how much he cares how much yeah. he loves the game and how much he pours into it how old is he now? Is he 36, 37. 37? He's right Think about there. that. He's almost played 20 years <laughs> in the show and oh, to be man. to be grinding like that think, and going Think that about hard. all the time he missed too and yeah. he had the concussion issues. Good point. Like he missed a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh that was years ago. Thank thank goodness he's, you know, knock wood for him. Uh yeah. hasn't had anything like that, but uh yeah, what a player. Yeah. Talk to him. Talk about him to your blue in the face. Uh, another guy who's pretty good is Connor McDavid and he is uh They've won three in a row again. He's back. They, I know. Um, Debo, what'd you say? He had 14? I think 12 points in three tw- games. 12 points in three games. Something like that. So he's he's caught fire a little bit. Yeah, 12 Not points bad. in three games. Not a bad little stretch. Three wins in a row again. Well, Nobber's got him Not, Yeah, yep. 
old so junior coach. You, you back just would said, "Remember when we were in Erie? Just push him, push him like on the ace. Yeah, yeah, right. Here, stay on the ace for three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Don't come long. off till you score a goal. <laughs> yeah, um, no, but he's he's caught a little bit of fire, and and they've won three in a row again. So it'd be interesting to see. I like kind of following them now because of Nobber and, and just to see what they can do. But, uh, you know, they're like this. They've yeah. been like that. So. It's funny how it works, right? I mean, you got like a superstar on a, say, well, say average team, a little yeah. average team, but like it doesn't, it just seems way, way more enticing to watch or care about if the team's doing well. And he well, specifically him. Yeah. Because he's exciting, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you go, you go through these droughts where he's not really doing a whole lot. It's like. You don't even want to, you would never even want to watch an Edmonton Oilers highlight. Right. Until uh, you know that he's got 12 yes. points in three games. Exactly. And he's like, holy shit. Like, um, but yeah, it just makes for fans, obviously, for the game itself. Like having him going. Yeah, you need him going. He's good for the game. Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, another, uh, team that's going to the Rangers are still, they're eight and two in their last 10. Um, Lavi's got him going. He's bringing in little, gifts you got to guess what's in the box no remember all that <laughs> yeah. when you do that shit i loved it though because he always kept it you know it, it was something different all the time but uh he's got them going pretty damn good yeah they got um, a great leadership crew there yeah i mean true but we're Truba, about. yeah leading the charge there man I, we're kind of talking off air like this guy is like keeps elevating his game it seems yep. like and um I mean, the physical presence, obviously. I mean, he's just, like, crushing guys. Crushing consistently, guys. Consistently. Obviously, backing it up when he needs to. Just, yeah, I mean, just, you know, so, you know like, Lavi, yes, you got to give him credit. But you need to have, you know, some horses. Yeah, that, for you know, sure. Legitimate leaders that guys are following. And they got some, you know, young talent. Yeah, that, I, I, I like the way they're set up. And I think they're going to continue to. Baller, who's their, their best D-man who's out? He's not even playing. Oh, Fox, Foxy, Adam, yeah. Adam, he is back. Okay, I was just gonna say they did a lot of this without Adam Fox. He had been hurt, but he's back now. So it's mm -hmm. you're right. Uh, Lavi's got him going. They're playing well. Panarin's having a year. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're uh, they're just clicking, man. Yeah. So they're kind of fun to watch, and I like uh, that's my favorite building, MSG. So oh, especially yeah. when they're at home, I watch the games. I just I I don't know. Even watching it from home, I. I just like watching. I, I can get a little excited. Man. Yeah, you know, I can see that. The Phil Collins, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. <laughs> before, right before they jumped on the ice, I used to just love that. Feel that I'd stand on the bench, act like I was going to jump over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. excited. <laughs> they played a little bit of hip there too, which uh, I used Ooh, to love. Yeah, yeah. once in a while they mixed the hip song in. Patrick Kane, Woo. my boy, he's back. Detroit Rock City. Looked a little different hopping on the ice in the, well, I guess. It's well, it's a different redness. uni. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different <laughs> uniform, eh, Debo? Different uni. Same number. Red and white, same numsy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not changing <laughs> that. Red and white. He's not like, changing just that. Just took out the black and then yeah. he's good. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Do we know when he's playing? Baller? Not yet? They said he's hoping for Buffalo in a week or two. Yeah, I heard him uh, talking with Biz there on, on TNT and he was... Uh, well, he's saying he's, he feels the best he's felt in over two years. Oh, good. Um, he said that right after the surgery, yeah. he felt way less pain than he had uh, before. So, um, yeah, I mean, anybody knows in this business, like, <laughs> if you're playing on one pin, it's not, yes. an, easy, it's not, it's not an easy Is game. Is that my issue? Is <laughs> yeah, I only have yeah. one? I thought I had two going. I thought I had two as well, but oh, I'm fuck. still working on that second stride. But. Well, it'll be, it'll be fun to see him play with the brinket. Um, ghost, again, yeah, and ghost to the PPs. Hopefully, a ghost is all right. He got crushed. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, last night, but um, ghost has been lights been out. Hot, yeah. yeah, he's been really hot. Um, 
team that's not hot, Vegas lost three straight. Yeah. I mean, they're still, their record's still ridiculous, yeah. but uh, they lost three games, um, the three, four, and three in their last 10. Uh, but what a hot start. They'll bounce back. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think they have anything to worry about. Mm. Um, Minnesota fired Dean Evison, brought in John Hines. Yeah. Hines, yeah. I'm not Thoughts? surprised on that one. Well, I'm not surprised on the hiring. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they, have, they go back to the Pittsburgh days, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't really following Minnesota a whole lot, so I didn't really know what the inner workings were. I saw, you know, uh, uh, an excerpt of a conversation between Evison and uh, and Billy Garrett. Yeah. He's like, you fire me? He's like, yep. Yeah. He's like, all right, and big hug. And, you know, it was like, it was expected, obviously, yeah. from his perspective. But, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we're in the, the business of performance, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's all about the wins and... Uh, I'm not surprised on the on the Heinze hire. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Any any inside scoops on that one? No, nothing really. Um, I got to work with uh, Heinze at the 2016 World Cup. Great guy. Okay, yeah. um, I've heard that. Try to reach out to him. Maybe he'll jump on with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he's excited to get back in the mix. You know, um, and they got a pretty good team. You know, like on paper. Um, obviously, we saw him a few weeks ago when we got to catch up with Patty and. Um, maroon and that, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they do now, what they change, or, or you know, I don't like you said, I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, I just know they're kind of like 500, yeah. Um, and I think they're expecting better, yeah, than that with the team they have. So, that's the way it goes. We'll see. Every coach gets fired, they do. You get know, hired to fired, you get hired to fired, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, another team that's uh lost a few in a row now is Boston Bruins, who were very, very hot. Um, since, uh, you know, whatever's going on there with Luch, big uh, Milan Lucic, um, and he's left the team f- for now, um, it seems like they've, you know. Yeah, it's obviously a, big, it's a big void, right? I yeah. mean, he's, a, he's obviously a leader on that team, meat and potatoes player. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't pin it on Luch not being in the lineup, but, I mean, right. I'd like to think he's a big asset of that team, and yeah. they'll have to figure out a way to – to fire themselves back up. That's yeah, big guy I there. think Monty will figure it out. Yeah. I think they'll they'll figure it out. But uh, I th- I heard uh, Jack Edwards. I was watching their game the other night. They had lost their third in a row, and it, it was a it was a crazy stat. Like they've given up five goals, three or four games straight. Baller, I we'll have to check on that. But said they haven't done that since 2012. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Chicago, something going on. We don't know what it is. I don't think any. Well. Someone does, but uh, we can't really comment on it because we don't really know what happened. But obviously, it wasn't good. Uh, Perry was Corey Perry was, you know, was basically fired. Yeah, I mean, his, his terminated his contract was terminated yeah. once he didn't clear waivers. Um, don't know what happened. Heard a million different things. Don't want to speculate. So I guess we got to wait and see if we ever really find out what's going on there. But that's. Uh, that sucks, man. Like, it's a shitty situation for everyone, no matter what it was. Yeah. You know, it's interesting how that all played out, too. You know, it's just so, it's, it seems like they're covering something up. I mean, we don't yeah. know what it is, right. but, like, it's it just just based on the press conference itself with Kyle Davidson. It just, you know, he's reading off a paper. It didn't seem genuine, genuine or, and or authentic. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you know, that's true. And then and, 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 and it's just like... You know, we're not revealing anything. So it's like, you know, people aren't just going to let this thing go away without right. asking questions, whether it's the media and, you know, I haven't heard from Corey Perry. You know, I think people just want to have some bit of an idea of like yeah. what happened. Not that it's their business anyways. Right. But I mean, but the reality is, is, I mean, 
you know, he's a $4 million player on on that team. And yep. to just essentially throw on waivers and have them terminated with yeah. no explanation. I mean, people are, people are curious. Yeah, know, of right? course. I mean, I mean so. yeah, I've had people text me. I'm like, I, I don't know. You I know. don't know what to tell you. You know, not that I would, I'm like, I'm not in a Chicago circle, but I guess just figuring we would hear something. But, uh, you know, I've heard so many different things and I feel bad for the, for Bedard, guy, for yeah. this shit that was said about that and, and all just, it's almost like be better just to know, but obviously it's not anyone's business if they don't want it to be. But like you said, they're going to get asked this question until something comes out. Yeah. And hey, coming from an organization that's, you know, had a tough, had, had a tough history a tough the last, go. you know, 10 years of not being honest. You know what I mean? And I don't know. You, you can almost see through dishonesty, right? I mean, yeah. and that's, I think that's what people just want some again some version of a story just give give me something to land yeah, on yeah. you know um it but, has to be unfortunately I think it has to be pretty bad to right have it your has contract to be terminated you know yeah I would, um, I would agree yeah, I so definitely broke a rule or two must have yeah <laughs> must have we'll get the inside scoops we'll bring it back down <laughs> bring it down <laughs> we'll bring it to you no but uh hopefully it all gets worked yeah, out you, you know, know for, it sucks for it sucks all the way around yep yep sure something will come up yep discuss anything else nast i don't think so i think that's it ready to rock i'm ready to rock 136 let's go with our good friend bruce boudreau gabby gabby let's go let's go before we get to our interview with bruce boudreau a quick message from our friends at gametime.co nast you ever struggle finding tickets for any games or concerts yeah actually it's it can be pretty frustrating sometimes trying to find tickets especially last minute down um, on the street. Yeah, right. Yeah, especially when you're banned from uh, <laughs> buildings uh, like myself. But no, seriously, it can be frustrating with some some companies that you're trying to get tickets from. A list of headaches that you, I've, I've had before trying to do that. Yeah, no fun. Not to mention standing on the street trying to scalp a few. <laughs> I had been scalping. <laughs> Never did that. Well, no need to worry, Nass. We've got game time app. I'm not worried anymore. At your disposal. I know. I'm not worried anymore. Uh, You shouldn't have to worry about when you're going to buy tickets for concerts, games, or whatever. Of course not. Get the Game Time app at your hand. Yes. Last minute. Any game and or concert going on. Nas, you've been browsing the Game Time app anytime. I have. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, it's it's fast and easy, and I have killer last minute deals as well. Um, if if you are last minute, which we have all done before, like oh shit, my kid wants to go to the game tonight. Let me try to get tickets. It's it actually seriously is uh, really it is easy and it's fast. It's a great app. Yeah, and I love that you can check out the views of all the seats in the venue. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. All in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps, Nast. I know. Two tappy Only taps. Two. So, Riggs, basically what you're telling me is take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NASTY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NASTY, N A S T Y, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Check out gametime.co. That's gametime.co for more information. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Settlemeyer. And this week we are thrilled to have a very popular man as a coach and as a player. 
uh, formerly drafted in the third round by the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, number 42 overall rigs in the 75 NHL amateur draft. And also the year before drafted 14th overall in the WHA draft, um, which is, is pretty wild. We'll have to get into that. Uh, also a 30 year veteran as a coach and has the second highest winning percentage in the NHL history with a coach's coach, at least 900 games. Great guy. Heard so many great things about you, coach, Mr. Bruce Boudreaux. Well, it's great to be on, guys. Thank you, and I'm glad to be here. Oh, man, we really appreciate you. Uh, I was talking to your good buddy, and uh, we can get into this. uh, Your junior team there, the Hershey Cubs, uh, Dan Stock, Beaker. Everybody knows him as Beaker or Homie. Uh, (laughs) He has nothing but great things to say about you, and uh, we got to talk to you this summer for a few minutes about a player that you were going to maybe have there, and uh, he is there uh, on your team because I see the videos. (laughs) <laughs> and uh but uh just uh wonder what you're up to coach what's going on these days well first of all you know why beaker calls everybody homie why because he doesn't know anybody's name <laughs> that's probably a good so point. He calls everybody homie. can't be you can't be wrong so that's a good strategy right. that's a great point <laughs> the, everybody thinks he's their friend now because he calls <laughs> homie so he just doesn't know their name but that's, uh, that's okay uh what I'm up to these days is I uh, do a lot of stuff with the NHL network. Um, uh, I've got a, a junior team in Hershey, as you guys well well aware. Plus, I'm uh, an advisor for a junior team in the uh, OHL. And so I go up there uh, maybe once a month and just see what's going on. I'm really not that influential, but uh, uh, my mom lives there and my kid lives there. So it's all... Uh, it's all it makes for a good little trip up there. Oh, that's awesome. Now, nice. is your son working there as well? Yeah, he's the coach. I'm trying oh. to say it, they've lost six in a row, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's the coach of the Niagara Ice Dogs. So it's, uh, uh, he loves it. That's where he's from. So to get a chance to, like, he, he won a championship in Fort Wayne in the East Coast League, but he got a chance to go home and uh, coach there. So he jumped all over it. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. That's yeah, really it must cool. be nice. Mm. yeah what what are you observing i mean we wanted to get into kind of like the evolution of the game and coaching 30 years pro pretty much all levels of pro and then you know you kind of go and say back to junior hockey and and seeing these young minds these young skilled players i mean what's the biggest thing that you noticed uh you know your transition well i mean uh quite honestly like when you when i go back there and especially the first couple times um whether you're like they've got five 16 year olds on the team and 18 year olds and and such is they can all skate by the time they reach pro whatever level of pro you're talking they they still don't know how to play the game i mean and that's the that's the thing that when you're an american league coach or even an east coast league coach and you get all these high scorers down from junior that think that they're much better than they should be they still don't know how to um play the 200 foot game uh, or they don't know what to do. They don't uh, without the puck and they don't get taught those things and uh, uh, trying to get it through to my boy that that's an important aspect of the game. And if you can do that, then and junior and you get the guys to, to do that in junior, you'll be, you'll, you'll be a successful coach. Yeah, no doubt. And then how, how, how much of that is, um, is, is the situation these players are in? Because, you know, you talk about high level players at the junior level, 
Um, they're, you know, they're playing way more minutes than they probably should be playing. They, they generate bad habits because, you know, they're, they're, they're just always in situations to, to produce, you know, and then they go into, you say, like the coast or the American League. Um, and then they're, you know, they're forced to play a, a, a certain style. It, it, how much of that is just the environment versus like, like how much can you actually teach that where they well, can actually be fundamental for I them? I think the biggest problem in, in, in young guys with junior, I mean, they all have agents at 15 right? and their agents are all telling them, listen, the way you get drafted is put up points. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the focus is on goals and an assist rather than team play because i mean um the canadian junior championship there's only one team that can win and you know i mean there's a, a i don't think that's vital unless you get into the playoffs so the regular season is what what can i do because this is what's going to make me get drafted and then the further on you go it becomes more of a team game but then it's still a scrambly team game because they don't know what they're supposed to know at that point mm. If that makes sense, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, um, coach, I, w- I work in the uh, Nall uh, right now. The last two yeah. years, I've, I'm helping out there <clears throat> with the Philadelphia Rebels, and and I'm obviously not a coach, but I was fortunate enough to be in hockey for you know 26 years and and uh, see work for a, gr- a lot of great coaches and and I, I tell the kids, you know, they always ask, they think I'm cool because I, you know, and I'm not, but you know, they think they like the fact that I was, you know was lucky enough to be in NHL for so long. And, and uh, they'll ask me sometimes and I'm like, you know, they, it's almost like you said with, they all have, ad, uh, they don't call them agents yet. They call them advisors, I guess, but they're basically mm-hmm. they're agents. And I'm like, these coaches want to see you make the right play, not a flashy play all the time. Um, but you're right. They, they, they hear points, points, points. That's what's going to get them somewhere. And then they start playing a game on their own and not, you know, playing the right way as, as we say as coaches but i've i've noticed that a lot and then the the problem is the coaches all they want to do is win so they want you to play the right way and uh, uh so it's really sometimes it's just butting heads on two different things and to uh, where you want to end up so what are you going to do yeah, yeah. Right, exactly so I, i've got a question for you. you obviously you filled the net i mean your whole career you look at juniors i mean your numbers are, are crazy um I wondered for you when you became a coach and I've heard you say in, in other interviews that not, you didn't say you were lazy, but you were kind of, you cheat a little bit, like, cause you were a scorer, I guess. I don't know if cheat's the right word, but um, I know I remember seeing an interview where your first goal is in Toronto, Randy Carlisle hits you, you know, you're about center ice. You'd kind of flew the zone, but you go in and score. When you became a coach, was it, like you're like oh man like i gotta teach not to do that kind of or it's funny how it becomes uh um as an offensive player the thing uh the thing i learned most about uh, as i was a player was uh was defense from roger nielsen so i mean what you don't want to be known as just an offensive guy so you offensive players usually really focus on the defensive aspect of the game and the offensive part comes naturally and and, you know, I mean, you get the guys uh, to play a certain forechecking style. I can't put the pucks in the net. That comes from their skill. But you can teach defense. And I was lucky enough. I really did learn from the best. I had some great coaches that really systematically were, were really good. And I learned from them. And the one, the one good thing about me is every time I, I was like a scorer and junior scorer in the American League and stuff, 
But every time I got called up, it used to drive me nuts. I was put in a defensive situation. So I had to learn how to play defense because guys that get called up play the fourth line a lot of times. Nowadays, when you call them up, you bring guys up to fill the position that was left. But back in the day, if you were called up, everybody just moved up a slot and you were moved down to the fourth line. So I would have to learn the defensive aspect of the game. And I think I did. I just didn't like to play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you could score, that's for sure. Yeah. So how challenging is that to communicate that to to, to superstars? Obviously, you, you coach several of them, you know, and then you got this part of you that again not using the word cheat but like you know these offensive guys as you know you were one of them um you have a tendency of knowing kind of how the play is developing you're anticipating um but there's you know a fine line there of generating offense and then you know turning yeah, pucks over I mean, you know let's take Ovi for for an example when i had him when he was young i mean uh you're trying to teach uh the team game i guess is the best way to say it and um but you give those kind of guys a little more latitude and mm -hmm. that's basically it. Like, I mean, I would still give uh crap to Ovi more than any player on the team. And I mean, uh, like, a, and I had to tell him, I'd say, listen, you know, I got to give you, you're the leader of this group. I got to give you, you know, uh, crap more than I give anybody else. I, the only thing is you do it respectfully a little bit is, is I would tell him, I said, okay, you're the star of the video today. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, understand that. And, because, I mean, if you only give the third and fourth liners uh, crap then the and, and you don't make the first two line guys accountable, you're going to be in trouble mm -hmm. and it's not going to work for you. So it's a, uh, that's how I did it. But at the same time, if Ovi's shift stayed out a little too long, I would mention it to him. But, I mean, it's a, it's these guys are the great players for a reason. And you, sometimes you got to give them a little more a little more rope than you would guy that you you just called up and, and, you know, you're, you just want them to play the 30 seconds, get off and, and not get scored on. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? Cause you, you know, you know that there's a good chance that Obi's probably going to score, you know, <laughs> or at least generate an offensive scoring chance. So uh, it, it makes sense. I mean, I had a chance to work with uh, John Paddock when I was with the Phantoms uh, for a year. And I remember him talking about like Denny Hamel and some of these, again, uh, like high end American league players and, same thing. It was just like sometimes you just got to let these guys do their thing because there's a good chance that they're probably going to generate some offense from some wherever some coaches would argue they're bad habits, but they're 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 sniffing and they're they're sensing opportunity. Well, when you're down two goals, you know, like I mean, and you need these guys. I mean, you've got to give them a little more rope to do the do the things that are going to get you back in the game. If you're up two goals. OK, and then you're in the third period, then you you really tighten the reins because mm -hmm. then it's about winning and about the team game. So, I mean, it's, you know, depending on what the score is, is how you act a lot of that time. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So just getting into like you, you, uh, how you got into coaching, was it something you wanted to do, um, you know, while you're still playing? You know, you played 17 years pro and then towards the end, are you you know, thinking about getting into coaching or did it fall well, in your lap? Well, I haven't got my high school degree yet, so I knew there was no, there wasn't <laughs> something I was going to get into. It was not a, a real big accounting kind of job. Or a well, you've done well. Yeah. That's, now my kid's going to say, hey, Coach Boudreau didn't even finish high school. I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. That's I amazing. Subject. I, I, was, I got A-plus in Euchre 
and at the lunchrooms. I was <laughs> I, I was so good at euchre because I never went to class. I mean, it was it was just it was really good. But anyway, um, I I think it you know it was nearing. I I wanted to play forever, to be honest. And I thought like when I was thirty eight, I was still producing and I was still playing well and still loved it and all of those aspects. But I mean, once you get uh, say over 28 and, uh, and you're going to be a minor league player, the first time you have a bad year is your last year. Really? Mm. You know, yeah. so I'm 38 and I'm going, uh, and I went to the 93 draft in Quebec city and uh, Larry Gordon, um, who was, the general manager of Cleveland in the IHL at that point and uh, asked me if I wanted to uh, coach. And I said, yeah, I do down the road. And he said, well, you want to coach now? I'll give you a three-year deal in the colonial hockey league. And three years was an eternity for me. And uh, so I, I, I reluctantly, cause I wanted to play so much, but I reluctantly said, yeah, um, cause I always wanted to coach. I was the assistant coach in Fort Wayne for three yeah. years, the assistant coach in, in St. Catharines. And I mean, it, basically the assistant coach in, in, uh, um, in Nova Scotia. So when I hit 30, I was either the captain of the team or the assistant coach. So I knew it was something I wanted to do. And so this was giving me the opportunity. So I, I jumped in, uh, one year in the colonial league and then moved up to the IHL and was lucky enough uh, we went to the finals i won coach of the year and that's how the that's how it all started yeah I, I was looking <clears throat> i was looking at the, your your numbers and everything which again are astonishing uh the amount of points you put up but i i was laughing with riles i said he's, you're a player assistant um, in 1991, and you scored 40 goals, 80 assists for 120 <laughs> points. I'm assuming you were calling your number for the power play first unit as an assistant. I would jump on before, uh, before anything, was, anything was said. Yeah, well, they shouldn't argue with, with those numbers. And, and like you said, that's near the end of your career. You you were you put numbers up until you stop playing. It's 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 really wild. It's awesome. Uh, it's, it's a lot of lot of numbers, man. Riggs, you ever get numbers like that? No, <laughs> maybe my next life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, that, that... minute numbers like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, he did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Oh man, so um, you know, obviously, so you, you see, you you finally fi you find your way, and you kind of find your calling, I guess you could say, after that 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 year, um, and then you just keep moving up in the ranks, right? I mean, American League for I don't know how many well, years. You know it, was what? It, it wasn't as easy as all that. I mean. Uh, I went to San Francisco the one year um, to to be an assistant GM and an assistant coach, and that team folded mm -hmm. in the IHL at uh, you know at Christmas time, and uh, so I I had nothing, I had no job. So me and my wife got in the car. We were driving back east from San Fran, and we had no idea where we were going to stop to live. I mean, that was it. We had our our wow. whole house in the back of our uh, van and we're driving and we're saying hey this is a nice town should we stop here is this a nice town and we didn't so we decided ended up going to st Catharines because my that's where my kids were and we had a hockey school so at least i could work on that and then i got a call to go coach in mississippi and uh and i'm going who the hell knows hockey in mississippi <laughs> right on the coast too i mean as far south in mississippi as you can get but 
I mean, it was the only job offer I got. So I took it and we went down there and we won a championship and uh, uh, awesome. got a call from LA and they wanted me to be their American league coach. And then that's how it grew from there. So it wasn't all like uh, roses, even though I loved every stop that I, that I went at. I mean, it was, uh, uh, you, you paid the price, you, you, yeah. you paid your dues. And uh, so, I mean, it was a long time before I got to the NHL and uh, I think I was 53 years old. And uh, at that point, and, um, didn't know if I'd ever get there, but once I got the opportunity, I was damn defiant enough to say, I'm not going to leave this. This is where you want to be. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But the adversity is on both sides of the fence. Hey, eh? it's never, it's never an easy road. You know, you always, well, you, you, you ask these questions and have these conversations and you just learn that. It's never easy, you know. There's no, there's no easy paths in life, and, no. and obviously, people see the end product and they exactly. say, "Yeah, oh man, that was easy." But they don't realize that, you know, you're living, you're living in a trailer, or you're living uh, in your car. Uh, we, when we went to San Francisco, we went the the night of our, um, we got married and then got in the car and went, and wow. we drove 36 hours straight to get there. And then we still didn't still lived in the car until we found a place to pl stay. So it was, was, was tough. It's great. It's, it's, Maybe. we were looking at your, <clears throat> when you started coaching and everything, and it kind of reminded me of Riley's Riley, like started really low and climbed his way and made it, made it to the NHL. Uh, it's really impressive, but I mean, you've, you've, you've made your mark everywhere. I mean, you, I've never heard a bad word about you as a coach from the, from trainers on my side of things. It's, it's, a, they, they all loved you and, and uh, it's kind of cool to hear it and to get to kind of meet you and talk to you. And you're just, you're a lovable guy, man. Well, <laughs> you I'll, really I'll are. You, I'll give you Jim Rutherford's number after, and you can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might hear some, or Billy Garens, you might hear some uh, different, different things, but I appreciate that. I, I think one of the things, as a player and as a coach, my best friends were always the trainers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like, I mean, I just got gravitated towards them and hang out with them. And uh, they were the easiest guys to talk about. And they were all so down to earth. It, would, it made, it made life a lot easier hanging out with them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I know all about that. I spent more time in Nasty's office than I did playing <laughs> hockey. <laughs> yeah. <probably laughs> Shooting the shit. Yeah. We, we had the one year, uh, Ken Hitchcock, it was the year he actually was uh, let go, unfortunately, but he came down the hallway the one day and I they must have had eight guys sitting like some on the floor in my room. And he's like, young Derek, you're holding court every fucking morning. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Hitch, I didn't call him in. Yeah. Come in for a coffee because you know how it is. You like go and have a coffee, shoot the shit in the morning and, you know, get on with the day. But that was my favorite part of that's the oh, one thing yeah, I, I really it. miss about well, it's uh, crazy. Being I used to, I used to love to do it, but I would get so ticked off when all the players were in the trainer's room all the time. Yep. I've always heard that. Everybody hung, <laughs> yep. hung in the trainer's room. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I had some coaches telling guys, if you're not hurt, get the fuck out oh, of there. Yeah. You know, get out of there, you know. But well, I think they eventually on the medical side of things, they they, they absolutely cleared the space. Like you if you yeah, if you weren't hurt, you weren't allowed in yeah, there. Yeah, you weren't supposed but to go in there. There's yeah. definitely a hangout for a good long time. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, you know, four NHL teams um, and many superstars. I mean, what was like the, say the, 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 the biggest moment in your NHL coaching career? Is there, was there a, a landmark? Was there a, a moment or, or a full season that sticks out to you? Yeah. You know what? Uh, <clears throat> when um, I was lucky enough, we won the first eight years. We won the division or conference championship all eight years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, Every time we ended up losing, it was a seven-game series, and oh. it was in game seven. So, yeah. I mean, I've only lost in game sevens, and I'm That's one in eight, one in eight in game sevens. Uh, and, I mean, but when we went to the uh, – and the three teams we lost in a game seven in the second round or the third round went to win the cup. So, I mean, a lot of time when you do your dreaming, you're going, if you had a one-game seven, you probably would have three cups – in your, yeah. in your pocket right now but i mean when we when i was in anaheim and we played chicago and we lost in seven in seven games um uh that was you know sort of the highlight and the low light you know i mean we're sitting there in between periods and it's tied and you're going just win one period and you're and you're going to the cup final and i mean it's every player's dream i think uh to do that every Every guy that loves hockey is to to go to the finals. Now, Riley, I don't know if you were if you were still playing when we played Philadelphia my first year. Uh, in that uh, we lost in Game Seven to them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the the crazy part about that is it it was sort of funny because we lost in Game Seven in o- overtime. I think Umberger scored. I'm not sure, but I mean. Um, uh, Paul Dvorsky was refereeing that night and he made a horrible call on us. And he just happened to be my neighbor, my next door neighbor. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Diva. Oh yeah. 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 That's yes. right. So, I mean, uh, he moved on to the next round and I went home a week later and, and the first thing I did was told my wife and my son, I said, let's go get about a hundred rolls of toilet paper and TP <laughs> We TP'd his whole house, his cars, everything (laughs) that was in the driveway and and left it there. The trees got two big trees in there. We did it all the trees and everything. And, and so, 
but I looked at it for two days until he came home. And then I went over and I said, okay, I better go tell him what I did. And, and, uh, went and told him. And I said, uh, Paul, I said, you know, apologize. His kid, by the way, didn't talk to him for a week because he was a caps fan and <laughs> knew that he screwed up on a call. And, yeah. and, but I said, you know, you're the only guy with a pool. So it's 90 degrees out. We want to use your pool. I better figured I better come clean about the toilet paper. <laughs> the use of the pool. Oh, that's all. Awesome. Uh, that's good. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, I, I think I've, I'm a bit of a hockey nerd uh, coach and, and I, I watch a lot and li listen to a lot of stuff, but I, I think I heard you in an interview talking about, um, you were talking about game sevens and you're on the topic of home ice advantage. It really isn't anymore uh, because I mean, you lost some home games, right? I lost game some, all, all of those game sevens were at home. Jeez, wow. That's incredible. unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, Crazy. Uh, I mean, they weren't all, um, lopsided games i mean the pittsburgh game i think was six three and um but we lost to nashville two to one we lost uh mm. to la two to one in game seven they won't go on and win the cup and Jeez. and i mean uh, uh we lost a lot of real heartbreakers uh, where we were the were the better team but we didn't have the better goalie that night and yeah rene in nashville my last game seven we outshot them 44-17 and lost 2-1. I mean, those are the ones that you just sit there and you go over in the summer because you got the computer and the video and you're just looking at the goals that you missed that like Corey Perry would miss an open net and Getzlaff miss open net. And you're going, how does that happen to these guys? Like, yeah. I mean, and you just dwell on it uh, all the time. But I mean, uh, then again, I start sitting there and going, hey, we're there. Not too yeah. many people get there and, right. uh, um, and got the opportunity and was very close and it'll always be a what if thing, but uh, was very, very lucky to be in that situation. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Sure. It puts it in perspective of how hard it is to win, you know, like you're talking about microseconds and, you know, missed opportunities and people don't, I don't think most people realize just the, the grind and yeah. the, the bounces you need to have. Like you could do everything textbook and still not get the bounces and you know obviously yeah. i'm speaking but in the, the end nobody nobody remembers any of that like that's you right down, beat the goalie hit the post they take the puck they go the other way and score and yep. a month later all you heard about is you're lost like i mean yeah, yeah. So <laughs> i mean i used to say to the players it's uh the difference between a rut and a groove mm. i mean they're both the same thing but they both have opposite meanings so i mean uh it's and I'll give you an example. Um, say you've um, your game, game four in a, the, your fourth game, and you've won one. Um, you've lost uh, uh, one in overtime, and uh, you've lost one in regulation. And I say, let's win this game. Then you can say you've only lost one out of four. You're two, one, and one. Right. And in four games, it's no, which is a pretty good percentage. But if you lose the game, you're one, two, and one. You've only won one out of the four. So, I mm. mean, it's just so totally different on the mindset of the player or the coach going into that game uh, or when it's done. And the reporters take that and they, they run with it. Oh, they've only won one uh, out of the last six and stuff like yeah. they love saying the <laughs> negative stuff. And oh, I, yeah, for sure. I always turn around and say, well, I guess that means we've won two out of the last seven because the 
if they go that, they're always going to the last loss, right? Or to the last right. win. So, I mean, they never say those things. So, yeah, yeah that's the truth. Yeah. They're always picking it apart, <clears throat> trying uh, to expose you. Yeah, they do. Um, coach, I wanted to ask you about uh, like, you talk about pulling on some heartstrings, man. Vancouver, you know, you're there in your, your last game. And I mean, I, I ain't gonna lie. I had some tears. I, know, I, I got to admit, man, like I just, obviously I didn't, I don't know you that well, but I've, like I said before, I've heard so many great things and you're watching and, and the players, man, they loved you. Like we're really good friends with Luke Shen. Um, and I, one of my favorites. Yeah. He's just, I mean, his whole family, just, just the, just great people. And, um, his brother, uh, Braden, obviously I had them both here in Philly, but I mean, he couldn't say enough about you. And, and it, it was hard even watching the guys talk after the game when you knew it was probably your last game. Um, they were, they were visibly upset for you and, and no one really understood. I, I didn't really understand it all, but, uh, talk about pulling on some heartstrings, man. I <laughs> watching your interview and everything, but, um, I, you know, I don't know what you have to say about it, but I just wanted to bring it up because it, it, it was tough to watch because you were loved. And, and you know, obviously, Bruce here, there it is. Uh, it was it caught on. I don't know if you're a big fan of it, but I, I saw well, a I clip. Wasn't, I wasn't a fan of it at the beginning, to be right. honest, because the first, you know, the first 10 days or that it happened, I would say in all the press conferences, I says, listen, it's not about me. I don't right. like it because it's about the players. But at the end, when I knew I was getting fired, I wanted it as loud as I could. And the players, yeah. said, oh, come on, let's score. We want to hear the chant, you know, because they didn't yeah. want me to get fired. No, right. but it was, it was a, uh, it was, it was already done. Like I mean, mm, yeah. uh, I was fired before the first game. I knew it was coming. It just didn't know what date it was. And then um, once it was probably December. I knew, and I, and we, I would tell the players I've circled and this is my last game. And it was in January and I knew it was when it was. And, um, uh, it just knew the way things were going. I thought it was a bit of a, uh, well, it wasn't very, it wasn't very classy on, on people's parts, but I mean, right. uh, it, it was, uh, it was, if you got to get fired, I guess if you have to, and nobody wants it, but I mean, you get to address the players because uh, usually when you get fired, there's no players around the coach or the manager calls you to his office or calls you to his home and you, you, you tell them there and then you just leave. Right. And you, you go get your stuff after everybody's gone and you don't want to be around anybody. But I mean um, this one, I got a chance. I knew I was going to get fired the next day. And uh, even though no one had said anything, I just knew it was happening. Um, and uh, so you get to address the team after the game and which was is was an opportunity that not too many coaches get and to thank them and yeah. that and it was it was the weirdest thing is that we were the whole all the players were crying yeah and, mm. and then they came into my office and they all started crying and saying goodbye and I hadn't been fired yet, but I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was sort of funny, but not funny. I was like right. taken aback because I mean, I even had a, I had all the coaches and the the front office staff up to my house after the game because I knew I was going to get fired. And the team services guy, 
I said, hey, I kept asking him. It was midnight now. And I said, have they phoned you to tell you that, you know, what's going on yet? Then we got the call at 1210. And I and I went, oh, now I know. I Yeah. Oh, now oh, I know what time to meet him at the office and that. But, I mean, it was all it was already done. I mean, uh, uh, and, and like I've told people, I mean, people have asked me to write a book about this. And, and I said, I still want to work. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I want to work. I mean, I can't just, and I would have to really destroy people uh, for what happened. I mean, and not, not, um, I mean, factually, not. Uh, right, right. I mean, I, if I just, if I told the facts of everything that went on to everybody, that you guys wouldn't believe it because mm. nothing's been ever done like this in, in the history of, of sports that I know of. But uh, I want to still work. I love working at the NHL network. If, if somebody would ever have me, this is why people don't say anything. Like, I mean, they, cause they want to work when they get fired. Right. They, right. They always, they, they say the, the right things and everything. So, I mean, um, but you know, I mean, I still want to, would hope that there's maybe one more kick at the can for me. So you keep your mouth shut and you don't say anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's that's wise, right. wise. Yeah, yeah for sure. It, yeah, burning bridges and all that never helps nobody. I, I mean, you mentioned after game one or before game one, you knew that it was going down. It didn't happen until January. I mean, did you, I mean, you can say what you feel like you're allowed to say, but did, any insights on the back end of all this on like why the hell it took so long and like why it played out the way it did? Well, I'm, I'm sure it took so long because uh, if uh, they just ag- agreed um i had just agreed to they had asked me to come back and uh and i said yes uh but i mean i'm sure uh, it you know there was uh, uh the, the the year we had the the before when we were 35 and 17 or something like that or 33 and 17 when i was here before that if they had fired me before that that it would have made no sense whatsoever hmm. but i mean the I mean, we had that and we, we came within inches of making the playoffs. And when you know, when they don't even offer you the extension that you thought you were, should deserve yeah. that, I mean, uh, you know that there's something in the works right away. Yeah. Okay. Let's, that, that would like, you, I understand where, what you're saying. Cause, cause that would piss me off oh, of if, course, I mean, yeah. if, if I'm you, because you know, you came in and you did a great job obviously. And then, you, every day you're like it's got to be in the back of your mind but you're still doing your job and you're going through uh, it just seems you're like well, you said probably not done the right way and everybody's telling you boy you got them uh by the the short ones i mean yeah. you're gonna get an extension you're gonna get this and you're gonna get that and so everybody's telling you that and and we did really good i mean we were in the, a top when i got there in january from then on we were a top 10 team in the league and we were top uh five defensively so i mean uh it you're thinking okay we've turned this around uh, we're filling the seats i mean not being in the playoffs and having every game sold out where and you know yourselves when when you see come march and if you're not winning i mean all of a sudden even though you might be sold out the seats aren't filled right and, uh, but we were filling them every night so everybody thought oh this is going to be a cakewalk i'm i'm in for sure but it didn't it didn't happen didn't occur so uh that's when you know that you're not long for this world as far as mm-hmm. in the coaching department yeah yeah it's tough it's uh 
you know this is the this is the part of the game you know I, i've seen my version of it uh just 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 like the part of the game where it, it just shows you how corporate it is i guess or like how much of a piece of meat you really are in this business where there's no there's just no um care for per, someone's feelings i guess hey, right? yeah, i mean yeah, it's so. like or, or there's the situation it's a, it's a business i get it but there's got to be a better way to do business i feel uh sometimes you know I in this case is one of them there, there would have been a different uh a different way to handle it like i mean i i was fired before so it's not like something that's out of the blue and i can respect the process and everything because i've been there i mean George McPhee and I are still really good friends and, and I understood what he had to do. Chuck Fletcher. Well, mm -hmm. I never got fired by him, but I mean, he was, I thought was a great man, but uh, um, uh, there's way you can do it. You don't have to do it publicly. You can, you can tell me you don't like me behind closed doors and then you don't just run to the new, uh, to the radio or something and tell them that he's no good. Like, right. I mean, yeah. Those are the things that I didn't like to hear. I mean, uh, uh, publicly, but, and, that's that's the way it went and um but uh hey listen i have had the best 50 years in hockey that anybody can have and i'm still lucky enough to do the nhl network i'm going to be doing some work for uh caps tv after christmas oh, cool. and nice. uh i still do all the xm radio stuff so i mean uh it's not like i'm leaving the game uh, uh it's been my life and i mean if nothing ever comes comes up again in coaching and uh is then i'll still be able to to look back and say it was pretty good and got the junior team and yeah. uh it's so it, i'm a hot we've got a hockey family and we'll be involved in it as long as i i can live i think yeah i'm awesome. sure i i think you're going to get another shot here coach I, I really do i hope you do you got the right attitude yeah you really that. do and you seem like uh from what i've heard is you know a real players coach which guys really do appreciate um, seen some cool, seen a funny video of the Washington. Uh, there's a clip. I'm sure you've seen it where you you had to give it to the boys, but they just cut everything out except for the F bombs. <laughs> and we had, do you remember Frankie, the animal by Lois? Very well. Yeah, very well. <laughs> so we've had Frankie on the show. We had him on once and you should have seen the request to have this guy back on again, just cause he's telling, I mean, he doesn't hold back Francois. He just, he just tells it like it is. But we cut one of his up. We got it from the thing we saw of you. He and he beat you in the f bombs. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. It was close to a hundred. Yeah, it was close to a hundred in the one show. He just wow. did it. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll have to send it to you. It's it's hilarious. But I did want to say about the Bruce. There it is. I saw a clip the one night, and uh, Luke Shen was standing. You were coming into the room and he was kind of standing there and he goes, Bruce, there it is. And you go, don't ever say that again. <laughs> As you walk by him, you know, and it, I was, I laughed so hard. I was like, Hey, you better, you better, you better lay off Lukey. You piss well, him Luke off. was one of my favorite all time players. And uh, I mean, it, when you talk about players that have uh, uh, gone through some rough times, but persevered and then became, you know, a better player as, as he aged, uh, he's probably the poster child. I mean, uh, right. yep. fifth overall pick, I think, to Toronto. I mean, yep. then uh, when when he was in Anaheim and they sent him down to the minors in Anaheim, I mean, Luke told me the story that he, Bob Murray told him, he said, you better find another job because you're done playing hockey. Wow. And he went to Arizona and he, and, uh, um, you know, and then he, once he went to Tampa, 
I mean, it started to turn again and, and his confidence came back and he became a leader. He was great. We put him with Quinn Hughes, not exactly the most offensive guy, but he protected Quinn and both physically and that it let Quinn go up the ice and, and, and Luke, uh, then, you know, I mean, which made him very viable. He went to Toronto, played with Morgan Riley, and now he got a multi-year deal in Nashville. Mm. Couldn't be happier for him. Uh, met the whole family. And as you said earlier, salt of the earth people, love yep. them to death. And uh, um, I only wish the best success for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, building on Luke too, I, I, I kind of feel like he fits in some version of what we were talking about earlier, you know, first round pick, you know, like coming out of the Western league, Toronto, big market, obviously. And to fill those expectations, you know, I think he struggled early because there's just so much. And, you know, he thought he was maybe an offensive guy, maybe, you know, obviously the NHL level, he's, he's kind of, I guess where I'm going with that. He's he found, he found where, where his, his limitations are in his groove and he's just embraced it. You talk about the leadership and, um, some guys never figure that out, right? They just still think they're that junior player and they never fully evolve. Uh, but it's, uh, I know Luke as well. And it's nice to see a guy, you know, such a good guy figure it out because it's hard. It's hard. It's got to be tough in those situations. It's um, really having those, difficult yeah. when you grow up in one way or thinking you're one way right. and you have to change in midstream and all of a sudden turn into something else. I mean, I could tell you that maybe the audience is, isn't old enough, but um, back in the 60s, uh, there was a player named Stan Nikita, mm, Hall of Fame yeah. guy in Chicago. He had a he always in the top five in penalty minutes in the league. And then all of a sudden he decided, no, this isn't working for me. And he changed and he started to become a lady bing guy and he'd get no penalties. And, I mean, that's just difficult to do. That would be like – Riley going from 300 minutes a year to all of a sudden <laughs> the lady Bing. I mean, it, I just couldn't picture that happening, but I mean, no. it's, it's when you can change like Luke did to what you thought and say, I got to be this way to survive or this way and do it. That's uh that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. Cause it takes a lot of, you know, say soul searching and digging deep cause it's a tough business to begin with. And then, you know, to, to evolve your game and to, to, to apply it and bring it to the rink every day is, is another thing. Cause I've seen so many guys as you have, um, that struggle with that, um, that transition or that, uh, attempt to transition. And they, you know, they, again, their mind is every, is, is still stuck in the past and they think that there's still something that they're not and they, they struggle with it. So it's nice to see, you know, nice to see guys be able to figure it out. Cause for the young players growing up, you know, the adversity is going to be there, and um, at some point, you, you're going to get to a, a spot in a situation of your hockey career where you're, you're forced to accept a different role if you want to if you want to stick around, as you know. So 100 percent important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, shifting gears from uh, from some of this ho hockey talk and just get, you know, maybe a little more fun with you. Um, we read that you I'm not sure if you were actually in Slapshot or if you donated your apartment for filming of Slapshot or at least. the. No, I was in it. I you were. In. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to, to show you how old I am. But <laughs> the apartment story was uh, they came down and um, the uh, director's name was George Roy Hill. And uh, I was 21 at the time. It was my first year, actually first year living away from home. Like, I mean, I was lucky enough to play junior in Toronto and 
grew up in Toronto. So I never, I always had my mom taking care of me and, and, you know, I never had to worry about cleanliness or anything else like that. So, uh, but they came in the dressing room and they said, uh, listen, uh, we need a, a scene for Paul Newman, uh, today. So we, who's got the messiest apartment and the dirtiest apartment and, <laughs> and all 14 other guys just turned and pointed to me and I, and that's how my apartment got used in the in the movie. Oh, wow! Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, yeah, it uh, it was a little eye opener that uh, I thought I was a pretty clean living guy, but evidently <laughs> that wasn't the case. So it was, boys it was, called you out. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's crazy. You got you an opportunity though. I I was just I was just up in uh, Johnstown. We uh, with the Philadelphia Rebels. We played there a couple of weeks ago. They got a. I don't know if you've been there. I was there three weeks ago. Oh, you were? Yeah. Yeah, So they have this little room and it's just got pictures from them shooting. It's a, I forget what they call it. I've actually took a video of it, but it was pretty cool because my dad tried to get uh, one of the players deep. Do you remember uh, uh, Mark Bousquet? Yeah. He he was a a tough looking dude. I'll tell you. I mean, he had a beard and it was black as as coal and and his hair was long and, and, uh, he he looked a lot meaner than he really was. Than he was, yeah. He was he lived with my he was one of my dad's roommates. My dad was uh worked for the Philadelphia Firebirds for North American Hockey League. Uh back I in the played, when they I started. played against him when he was there. Oh, like, you did? And we had a bench clearing brawl that uh one night there. Just a quick story. Uh Doug Favela just got sent down to from Colorado, and me and him are good friends from Toronto, and we both live in lived in St. Catharines. So, I mean, there's a bench clearing ball. And back in those days, every North American hockey league team had eight guys that could go. Like, yeah. I mean, so the movie was based on everybody that could, you know, fight. And so I see them all leaving and I jump over the bench and, and Favi's making $250,000 in the North American league. And I'm waiting for him to come on the ice to grab him. Cause that's the guy <laughs> I wanted to grab. And yeah. he wouldn't leave the bench. And I said, Favi, what's going on? Come on. Come on. There's a fight going on. Let's go. <laughs> and he goes, no, the coach said it's a $50 fine if you leave the bench. And he wouldn't leave the bench. <laughs> Come on. So I, had to, I had to go over to the bench and hold him while he was on the bench during the brawl. <laughs> no way. That's yeah. incredible. That's amazing. Uh, that's, oh. That is a good one. I'm hoping you're going to say you sniped on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sniped on him. And I think we in that in in the North American League in Philly, we played in an old opera house or something. It was really yeah. a, a hollow ice sound, and I I don't know if anybody ever went to the games. I can't remember that, but it, it was it was they were trying to build their team. This was the whole slapshot era, like the Flyers, the Broad yeah. Street Bullies were at that time. So it was crazy. Yeah, oh, that's great. Uh, it was. Uh... What a show. And my, what I was going to say about my dad, he tried to get in the movie. So he was like, I'll drive the Zamboni. They're like, no, nah, you're, you're not in it, buddy. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Beaker wanted me to ask you, uh, I think I remember this, but he said, uh, ask you about the, your, I guess your first day in Washington. Do you get, you get stitches or something? Was that on the bench? I, I, I can't remember that one. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. He, he, he said, oh, make, make sure you mention that. Ask him to tell you that story, but I, I don't know exactly what he was talking about. It. Well, maybe he's listening. He'll phone in and tell yeah. you right now. <laughs> yeah. sure. I want to know what the one, two, uh, I mean, I'm sure 
I'm sure if he gave me a, a hint, I would remember because something vague about the stitches. But I mean, uh, the first day I was so excited going to Washington that it, it went and it was my third year in the organization. I've, I got lost going to the rink. I had no idea where I was going. I'm phoning John Walton. How do you get to the rink? I, I think I'm I'm in the wrong area of town. I didn't know. thought I was going to get mugged. And, and I, I was just so uh, discombobulated that I was because I was going to Washington. So yeah. it was it was a crazy moment. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's incredible. I had a question around uh, the WHA draft and then, you know, the NHL draft because it was obviously before my time. How, how does that, how did that play out there? Um, so it was, it's 1974 you were yep. drafted to uh, the Minnesota fighting saints yep. in the WHA and you played 30 games with them. I think that, that year, mm, and then you folded. get drafted and you yeah. folded. Okay. Oh, folded. Okay. That's how I got to Johnstown by the way, oh, because that okay. was their farm club. And uh, ah, okay. I was actually taken first in the dispersal draft, but my agent was Alan Eagleson. He said, forget that. We don't want to, we want to get out of this league because you can't trust them. And uh, let's go to, I'll just sign you. Um, we'll sign with the Leafs in the summer and then that'll be that. And he said, but right now, why don't you just go, go to do the movie? Cause he knew the movie was going on and, and play in Johnstown and we'll figure it out in the summer, which in effect, like they still talk about the movie, but probably professionally was the worst move I ever made. I could have signed with the Leafs right then. Oh. Went, to farm, went to their farm club in Oklahoma City and and started a year early uh, my career, sort of to get to be known known type thing. But you know, it's funny that that day you were talking about John Paddock uh, earlier. Um, he was drafted by Minnesota as well, same year, and we both the the first time I met him. We both went up that same day to see Glenn Sonmore, uh, who was the general manager, and met with him upstairs in his in his uh, uh, in the hotel suite. And that's the first time I met John Paddock. Didn't know that the careers would cross so much over the the rest of the next fifty years, basically. Yeah. Wow. So you you got drafted by the Maple Leafs while you were playing that season with. The no, scene. I played junior. I didn't go to the WHA that year as an underage guy. So I didn't go. I waited till the next year. Then I got drafted in the third round of Toronto. That's when ah. uh, 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 my agent said, let's go to um, the WHA and play for a couple years. Instead of going to the minors, then you can come back and go directly to Toronto. And uh, unfortunately, believed them, and that's that's what happens. Hey, well, well it happens. You got uh, you got your apartment on camera, and you got an <laughs> <yeah>. opportunity. <laughs> Reg, yeah, Reg, Reg. <laughs> um, and one thing I want to when we were fortunate enough to speak to you this summer with Beaker, we were at the trainers' meetings because we do some work with Toby. Uh, they're yep. one of our sponsors, and. Uh, we, we were talking and you, you just said, uh, you were saying hi to Riley. You go, Riley, I remember this fight. You and Dougie duel. And <laughs> Riley goes, Holy shit. I don't remember. <laughs> I must have got punched too well, many times. The reason, but- I, the reason I remember it, it was part of one of our pump up tapes, but the music was um, like a, a Mozart symphony. <laughs> and it was a really great, uh, uh, great tape. And, so it was like the Rocky, almost the Rocky theme, uh, of a ding, and then it starts. And I mean, you guys were swinging each other around like a, 
a friggin' merry-go-round. <laughs> like, a, but I mean, it was it was a great great fight. But I, I thought of it more as the part of the pump-up tape that we used when we won the Calder Cup that year. We we every game we were watching that thing go and it grew and grew and grew. So that's nice. where I got that um, from there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Dougie Duell. Yeah. He was a tough dude. I actually played with him a little bit in St. John's, St. John's Maple Leafs there. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys, <clears throat> probably like a lot of these tough guys, like you, they're kind of unassuming, some bit unassuming, uh, <laughs> until they, you know, until until they they get, get into oh. it. But, uh, you, uh, coach, did you know real quick, sorry, uh, your, your incident when you went to camp there with Darcy Tucker, he had a fight. He tried to, Riley kind of gave it to him a little bit, you know, during a scrimmage. And then he came in and went after him in the showers. Guys, <laughs> came after you? Yeah. yeah we had, the Domi was on my team and he had to, I heard it was a bunch of yelling outside the shower. And, uh, well, the long and short of it was, it was the first shift of Maple Leafs training camp. I hopped over the bench and, and ran Travis Green. And then Tar Darcy Tucker comes over. You know, I, I'm 180 pounds now, but I was around like 215 and, you know, trying to become a heavyweight and, you know, Darcy's obviously scrappy, but it was two punches and he didn't like it very much. So after the scrimmage, I was in the shower. He was, he wanted, he wanted to come and come for more, I guess. <laughs> and then, wow. uh, uh, yeah. A slippery slope. I appreciate his, uh, his willingness. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, coach, we've taken it. We've taken a lot of your time here. We we can't thank you enough. Um, best of luck. I hope you do get another call because uh, you deserve it. Um, but you do a great job on NHL Network. I watch it every day. Like I said, I'm a nerd. I watch it all day. It and uh, best of luck for the Cubs too. Yeah, your, your team there with Beaker and um, everything you're doing, man. You're a great guy, and we really appreciate your time. Hey, it was my pleasure. Thanks, guys, mm -hmm. for having me on. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Bruce. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Big thank you to Bruce Boudreaux for hopping on. Oh, Gabby. What a good dude, man. Yeah. He's funny. God. Fucking uh, pretty good coaching career, man. No kidding. Like, huh? We're talking about those numbers and uh, a, a Jack Adams time. winner as well. Um, funny guy, though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You can see why he, he stuck around for so long. I yeah. can see how guys like him. You know, he's, he seems like he, you know kind of a light, goofy guy, but yeah. obviously... Means business. Yeah, times, yeah, right? for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't coach thirty years pro by accident. No, for sure. So yeah, I'd like to see him stay in the game. Oh, he's still in staying in the game, but yeah, you know, maybe find another job. It'd be cool uh, to see him get another kick at the can, yeah. like he said, and uh, you know, get one more shot at it, trying to yeah. get uh, to Stanley Cup. So he's doing all the right things to stay in the game, stay yeah. visible. You know, serious. The NHL Network coaching, well, owning the team, the right. junior team. So. Must be pretty cool. I'm, I would assume these kids do know because they're up to twenty years old. I would think uh, so. that they would know who he is. So it must be cool. And I know he goes on the ice with them quite a bit. So that must be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to see if he gives it to him. You know, like you know, gets on him. Uh, you should. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, I'm sure he does, but um, be kind of cool to see that. And if you're a kid playing for his team, that's that's pretty cool as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So best of luck. Yeah. To Bruce, Coach Bruce. Yeah. It's that time to ask. Is it? Right now? Right now. For clear questions? Mm -hmm. Brought to you by Clear Rum? That's right. That's what you're talking about, That's right? Exactly okay, what I'm good, about. because I just killed a bottle last night. Is that why you're Actually, it so wasn't stiff? a bottle. Oh, a few cans. A few cans. Yeah, with <laughs> yeah, well, my buddy from the Devils went and uh, saw them last oh, night. Did? The okay, equipment right. staff, yeah. Frosty and Nader and the boys. Um, saw Ryan McGill. 
uh, former Flyer player. Mm-hmm. He's coaching there now. It's uh, good to catch up with those guys. But um, it's time. Any any inside scoops? They didn't give me much. Uh, they thought I was working for the Flyers. So. Just that it was clear questions. It was just clear questions. Uh, yeah, I got uh, you. Go to clearrum.com and put in nasty twenty twenty three, and you get thirty five percent off of your order. Uh, only in Pennsylvania. Not in New Jersey, but uh, hopefully we work that out sooner than later. Oh, yeah. Or you just go to PA and get it because it's worth the drive. I think you're getting yours shipped into PA. Uh, and you're picking it up over the bridge and bringing it and back. And bringing it back. That's exactly what Great I'm strategy, doing. Nice. Uh, with, you know, no hangover at all because there's water in there. <laughs> of course there is. water. Yeah. You gotta, Unreal. You got to hydrate while you dehydrate. Hey, you got to do nice it. Nice little balance. But it's the best. Mm-hmm. Introduced it to a couple of the guys last night. They loved it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. How would you not? Not surprised. Let's do it, baller. Over on Twitter, Duo ET. Kayla wants to know, have you heard Scott Darling's comments on the NHLPA's player assistant program? What are your thoughts, and do you have any experiences with them? Riley, I'm going to kick that over to you because obviously you're you're part of the NHLPA or, or, or dealt with it. Um, that those that was he went after him. He did, and for context, uh, you know, uh, he was talking with the Player Substance Abuse Program and and the Players Association and how they're dealing with players, and it sounded like from his own experience that it wasn't a good one. In right. fact, it wasn't just a, uh, not a good experience. It was apparently pretty dark. And, yeah, uh, he called, called out the PA. Yeah, called them monsters. And uh, I've, I've heard some stories before. I, I was never in the Substance Abuse Program Um you know, I landed up doing my, my own version of that after I was playing uh, on my own. Uh, I, I do agree with what he's saying to some degree. Um, but for people that are struggling, you know, in the NHL currently, you know, they have the PA uh, supposed to be there to, you know, to, to, to lend a helping hand and get you enrolled and squared away. Um, but it sounds like um, there's a lot of politics in that, you know, hanging contracts over their head. Right. Um, maybe not giving you the care that you actually deserve. I'm not exactly sure where he was all going with it. Besides, um, it sounded like it was an utter failure for him. And, 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 yeah. and not only just like laying out the comments, but like warning players to not participate in that if they're struggling, which I, is a bold statement. Exactly. And, and just from his statement, you almost want to hear, well, well what, what, what was wrong? it? I mean, you, you called them out, you called them monsters or, you know, whatever. He obviously had, did not have a, great experience but you almost just want to know okay well you know what was it because yeah. it obviously wasn't good but uh that's that's a shame to hear that if he was really um going through some bad times there and, and wasn't uh helped you know the way i guess you should be yeah yeah because you guys give so much to the game and and you know like we've talked about this a, a lot you know guys get into trouble you know get themselves you know hooked on things uh whether it be pain medications which we've seen that a lot and you know alcohol comes into play but uh you'd like to think that they're you guys are being looked after uh properly and he obviously did not have a very good experience we don't know everything that's why i wish he kind of would have elaborated a Mm -hmm. little bit but you know maybe will at some point after making those comments yeah yeah i'd like to hear a little more on that um at the end of the day, these guys are human beings, and they're playing a tough sport. And you know, you know, obviously, substance abuse is a thing outside of sports right. as well. So it's yeah. not just a sports issue. But um, you know, I like to think that the hockey community actually, th- you think they they got your back. But when there's politics in it, and I mean, who who knows the underlying 
details of this specific story, but um, I have heard some, you know, funky things, um, you know, back in the day. You don't know how true some of it is because it's so generally one side's perspective, but um, it's unfortunate to hear that because yeah, you, you'd really. like to think that, like, if guys struggling, like, the PA's got these guys back the best they possibly can. Yeah. But um, sounds like uh, that's not necessarily the case in this scenario. But yeah, yeah maybe we'll try and draw up a little more information. Maybe get yeah. them on the pod. Maybe get them on, yeah, for talk sure. Talk about it because, you know, it's just it's, it's, life is tough, sports is tough. And, yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, and then it just leads to the question of like, what is the, what is the league itself and or the PA doing to maybe like, curb this you know outside right. of putting a guy in a program like is there any coping skills we can offer these guys or anything yeah. that we can help these guys with before he gets to that yeah spot for but, sure you know um you know, i'm sure they're always having dialogue around how they can help it's not that easy because the world's a little crazy yeah um so yep. but yeah we'll have to dig into that one a little more yeah and, good and question see, yeah, really good question we got one from ek2 sticks over on instagram What's your favorite? What's your favorite Carrie Fraser story? <laughs> Man, he's got so many. Jeez, yeah, right. One of my favorites was him getting carried out of the r- rink in a stick bag because <laughs> to mom was it the mom was gonna beat him up because he beat up her son. That's Remember, great. That was that was a good one. That, that was one, one of my favorite ones. He didn't tell this one on the pod, but I don't think he did. But there was one he had told me one time about uh, a certain player. They were in L.A., and it was from the Edmonton Oilers. And this player actually played here in Philly for a year and a half. Um, and he literally wanted kick, to be kicked out of the game. And he's F-bombing Kerry. And Kerry's like, yeah, what's what's going on with you? Like, what's the problem? He's like, just, he's like, just fuck you. You're fucking off. He goes, all right, you want one? I'll give you one. He goes, ah, fuck you. He keeps going. He goes, that's it. You're fucking gone. So he goes in after the first period and the room attendants that do the visiting room and take care of the refs, which they've done forever came in and he goes, Hey, what was up? What's up his ass today? He goes, Oh, he had tickets to uh, the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he yeah. wanted out of there. That's when the that's great when strategy. the Oilers were like sick. They had oh, gra- you know. Yeah. So uh, that was a great one. He didn't tell that one on here. I don't want to say the name, even though I don't think the guy would really care. But uh, I don't want to say his name. But that one was pretty funny. But the stick bag one also, yeah, like having to get too. carried out. Oh, in man, a that's stick so bag. good. This is creative. Very. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, he's shared a, th- a thousand stories with us over the years. Uh, I just think of. When I was still with the Flyers during the off season, we're training there in the, in the summertime, and there's a few guys floating around that like to get massages in the morning. <laughs> and you know, we done I our know work. Exactly do where you're going. <laughs> done our workouts. Guys want to get on the table with yeah. Brad, and then hop in the room and guess who's on the table? Yeah, you know, getting work done. Old Carrie. Oh yeah. Yeah, I get in the back, grind it out, and you guys are like, "What's going on here? <laughs> you know, I need to get on the table." But. <laughs> You know, for, he was always, you know, class act. Yes, and, you for know, sure. Um, refs got to take care of their bodies. They too, have to, man. Know? They have to. They get hurt. They get yeah. sore, I'm sure. They're on the ice a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, great guy. Great guy. Yeah. So yeah. many stories. We could have him on again. And oh, just we should. All different ones. We, we should bring we probably him back should. On. Yeah, he's, he's a good man. Great yep. question. Mm-hmm. We got one final one from your boy, Sean Coombs. Coombsy. Coombsy. Sean Puffy. With Toronto being down, Giordano, Liljegren, and Klingberg, what does Toronto have that maybe Danny B would give up? Maybe Stahl or Walker? Hmm. I don't know about Danny B, but I think 
Tony D'Angelo's names getting thrown out there just piece a healthy scratch right now with uh, Carolina. But uh, as far as Danny goes, I'm I'm not sure what we got in the pipeline or, or what we have on the team. I'm not sure Stalsy's what they're looking for. Yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe but, for a temporary fix. Yeah, mm. but uh, you know, with those guys out, like a couple of them power play guys, but I'm not sure the Flyers have anything that would really piqued their interest, right? Besides Sanny. Well, Sanny, but he's playing 26 <laughs> minutes a night. You moving him. Um, and I don't think you're moving Tied him. For first in points in yeah. the team. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what else. Like, I, I, I honestly wouldn't trade Sean Walker. The way I mean, he's going? Just the way he's playing and what he's doing. You know, it's, it's nice and quiet going about his business. But yeah. he's, we talked about him last week. But uh, I'm not sure we have anything, um, really, that's going to not put anyone down but help. Well, like a long, more of a long-term solution, more right. as he's filling I mean? holes. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. A, it's a good question. What about Aristo? Right shot. That's true. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's 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 a good point. Yeah, I forgot because he just he just he came, came back. back. That's why he yeah. was out of my mind. Yeah, that's it. That's a good call, baller. Uh, Aristo might be someone um, if they can take on his contract. Well, that's but, it. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, good question, though, Coombsy. Yeah. Anything else, Nas? I don't think so, man. You want to talk about Truba slash to the face? Ooh, I, th- I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> that was a two-hand slash to the face. That was. And I don't know how you only get 5,000. Say it's an accident. I mean, you watch that? It's incredible. I mean, I like this guy's game. I, I don't like too. a two-hand slash to the face, though. No, and it's one of those situations, like, uh, not that I want to bring up that incident in, uh, you know, in the UK there with uh, Adam Johnson, but... Yeah. The reality is, is you are responsible for your body, your stick, yeah. and your blades. And y- you could argue he his foot was pushed out or he's off balance. Or The reality is, is he cho- Tomahawk chopped this guy in the face. He did. $5,000 fine is mind-boggling. It is to me, In too. this day and age with the way they clamp yeah, down on certain things. exactly. I know he's the captain. I know, you know he, play, he plays a hard game. He's a good representation of the game itself. But... I mean, it was a slash to the face. Slash to the face. I'm not That's saying, and I sit here and say 20 games, but like, like at least a game. Yeah, probably, something. Probably like three games. Probably something. serious, just yeah. to like lay some groundwork there. But uh, I watched the clip a few times, and it's like, yeah, there was some, you know, interesting things going on there. But like, you, you, you came over the top with the stick. I mean, it was a nice one. Heavy. 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 <laughs> heavy. So uh, was, yeah, yeah, and he'll he'll scratch your head. Until he blew it in the face on that one, but yeah. Yeah, um, he's probably thankful. A little five k. Yeah, that's it. That's it makes that what just a couple like a, hours yeah, or something. Hour, hours <laughs> worth hours of work. work. Uh, I do have to say one last thing: the uh, Philadelphia Rebels have asked the uh, baller come to every game because we won in overtime last week. Oh he was yeah, there. presence. He was there. He brought it. He had the nasty knocks on. Guys got fired up. They see him. Who's this guy? He looks like a madman. I'm like, say you should see Debo. Huh. You really want to get fired up? Get them both there. You don't even have to have a pep talk. Just no, bring up the names. not at all. So, Ball, you gotta you gotta show up this weekend. We got two big games against Maryland. Well, just so you know, let's do it. And that's it. That's it. And we have a men's league game. Are you gonna come? Are oh, you putting me to on the, the game? spot? You're I'm putting you on the spot right now again. It? it doesn't matter. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> the it rock. really matters. It yeah. doesn't really matter. <laughs> okay. I've got your skates. I got the heatsy. Okay. I got, got the heater. The, you got my skates. Cook them up. Yeah. Bake them. Brand new set after Brand you new. sold mine. But I got you another pair. Well, that were good. Cost me more money. I These were more expensive than the ones you oh, bought. So. They're a new edition. It's okay. Well, let's rock we'll get it. get you in them. 
All right. Looking forward to it. That's a wrap. 136 in the books. Be sure to subscribe, comment, ask us a few questions. Yes. And until next week, for 137, stay safe, knuckleheads. See ya.